Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I don't think there's any way to describe what happens between Rita Wilson and Faith Hill's character other than to say that Margaret Dutton gets Nashville bachelorette party drunk. <laughs> yes! Like... After the shocking end to episode 5 of 1883, we were ready for just about anything as episode 6 began. Fans and followers got the hint that Elsa Dutton would be in a much darker place after her heart was broken, but we also had a theory about how her late lover's memory would be kept alive through the end of the season and series. Man, were we ever wrong about one of those things? I'm Addison Hager, and this week we not only catch up with Elsa's emotions, but we dive right into a new romance on the show and visit a trading post where anything can and does happen. It was there we found real tension and an immediate break from some of that tension. Margaret Dutton done got college girl drunk. Billy Dukes is on hand to break it down and to revisit last week's trivia question. We do have a winner and there's consequences. Plus a new trivia question is coming about two of the central characters on 1883 and something they have in common. Tap follow on your favorite podcast listening platform and then leave a review and a five-star rating to let others know this is the place to talk about Yellowstone, 1883, and coming soon, the Four Sixes Ranch spinoff. Find archive interviews with Eric Nelson, Cole Hauser, and more, plus conversations with the stars of 1883. Staff at tasteofcountry.com is the place for emails. You'll get a response from either myself or Billy Dukes, who is set to join us right now. Hello, Addison! Billy, I did, you'd be so proud of me, I did not shed one tear in this episode. A lot of smiles. There was tears in my household. My wife cried. Really? But sweet tears? Surely not sad tears. Uh... I would call them bittersweet tears. It was early on, and we'll get to this scene in a little bit, but uh, you're right, though. It was a much more joyful episode of 1883. We needed it. And before we dive in, I have not forgotten about our little trivia thing that we've started. So, Billy, who was the (laughs) trivia winner from last week? Most importantly, what do you have? What's what do you have to do? Okay, so if you remember, the trivia, the winner of the trivia question essentially gets to make me their mouthpiece. I will say (laughs) do or, or whatever they want within time constraints and human decency. The trivia question was. Rip Wheeler is the Dutton family enforcer who was the very first person we saw Rip kill in Yellowstone. And the key words were, we saw. A lot of people wrote in, a ton of people, in fact, wrote in uh, that it was his dad or stepdad because we have that flashback sequence. Okay. But that didn't come until like episode eight of season one. The first person we saw Rip kill was in episode two. He kills a medical examiner who... It has some information on Casey because Casey actually shot his wife's brother, 
We didn't get to spend a lot of time on that plot point in season one, but they don't want everybody to know that, so they have to kill this medical examiner. Casey does the job, and that is his first death on the show, and the only person that got that correct was Hayden, and he didn't really know where to go with making me his mouthpiece. Oh, uh, he, Hayden. He thought about giving, <laughs> he thought about giving a, a shout-out to his wife, Mandy, who's also Aww. Native American, but ultimately decided to ask me to do my best impersonations of characters from 1883. Um, characters good. like Elsa, James, Shay, and Thomas. <laughs> so I thought instead of just like kind of like listing them, right. I would kind of pepper those impersonations in throughout the episode today. Oh, this is as much of a treat for Hayden as it is for me. This is good. No pressure, Billy. <laughs> Your acting career may take off from this episode. Staff at tasteofcountry.com is the email address if you want to answer today's trivia question, which we can get into immediately if you want. Yeah. Sam Elliott's real-life wife is Catherine Ross, and she is best known for playing the role of Elaine Robinson in the 1967 movie The Graduate, starring Dustin Hoffman. However... She and Faith Hill have something in common on their resumes. What is it? Ooh, that's a good one. Quite a bit easier, and certainly a bit easier to research. This one, <laughs> this one's much easier, but I'm excited. So, how does this work? If mold, are you just randomly drawing someone who, like, if there's five people that get it right, are we doing? At five? this point, I'm saying the first person who okay. gets it right. Cool. If we get to a point where we're getting like hundreds upon hundreds of answers, I'll make it more of a draw. But so far, it's been you know enough answers, a lot of answers, but answers that I can kind of go through and and, and respond to everybody. But staffattasteofcountry.com is the email address for that. And then next week, I get to be your mouthpiece. (laughs) Stay tuned. Well, kicking things off from that, (laughs) pivoting from trivia to... uh, I said, let's kick this off with Elsa. This was a big, you know, as I said, we kind of, you and I guessed last episode where we thought this next episode was headed. (sighs) I am breathing a deep sigh first before we even get into any of this, because I would like to say that Taylor Sheridan, I'm pretty sure listens to this podcast because he he heard we had this great theory, was really (laughs) invested. Oh, no, we're not going to wait three episodes in. No, we're going to squash our theory literally next episode. Do you want to like say four what and a half minutes into this episode? Ah, yes, yes. And I was it like, felt well, personal. It did. It did. <laughs> and then here I am the entire time of the, you know, the episode going, okay, so mm-hmm. what, how can I still make my theory kind of work that Spencer is Elsa's son? Well, that's the big thing is we learn really early on into the episode that Elsa not pregnant. That is not an issue, which means that Ennis did not father it's a not child with Elsa, which means Spencer is not Elsa and Ennis. Is... And in fairness, we weren't the only ones who believed this. A lot of people responded enthusiastically yeah. for this theory. But it does seem like that dream is dead as Ennis is the father. But you have an yes. alternate theory that still gets us to Spencer and Elsa being yes. mothered son. So I have another, I'm still trying to keep this dream alive over here. So Mm. my thought, we have this new guy who comes in who's helping herd the cattle and his name's Colton and we see him come in and 
Of course, he is struck by Elsa. She's beautiful, um, you know, kind of takes his breath away. And so he's he's kind of trying. Now, he, unlike Ennis, I think he might be a little bit of a bad boy, but we'll see. Anyways, he's taken by her and, you know, trying to woo her within five minutes of seeing her. So, super fast. Super fast. Zero to 100. Ennis who? I don't know. But not now I will say Elsa is not she's very, very much so still in grieving. So she's not having yeah. it. And once he learns about Ennis, he kinda backs off too yes. for Colton's sake. He doesn't he knows yes. Ennis and he's like, Oh, okay. I'm sorry to hear about your your husband and yes. he eases up a little. Well, yeah, I was about to say a little. He doesn't completely he's for sure still there. But uh to that point, I think here's where my theory comes into play. Down the road there could be a love connection here, and that can still be Elsa's child, but it would be Elsa and Colton's child, and that's how Spencer is still in the mix here and not Margaret and James Dutton's child. Why are you smiling, Addison. Billy? What is Addison. wrong with my theory? Addison. What? As someone who has <laughs> gone down this road of holding on <laughs> to theories as tightly as possible <sighs> until they're just totally squashed, that theory we shared, that's what you call in business a sunk cost. You need know. to just leave it behind. <laughs> that You right now are me a couple of months ago saying Garrett didn't really plan the attacks on the Dutton family, even though all evidence points to Garrett <laughs> planning the attacks on the Dutton family. You are me in denialism, try, holding out hope that Garrett was a good guy. And it just didn't happen for me. And I recognize a bit of myself in you right now. And it, <laughs> it stings. Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing then, Billy. Where do you, who is Spencer? I mean, not who is Spencer, but how does Spencer come into play? Are you saying that it's Margaret and James' child? Exactly. I don't have the answer to <laughs> it. But so I'm going to jump ahead a second. Okay. to a comment from YouTube. Jason on YouTube wrote in, and he says, he makes this point, as we have learned from Yellowstone, this family is known for taking in boys unrelated to them. They bring in a lot of strays. Think of Rip, yeah, Carter. Shoot. You know, maybe Spencer is the first in that line. I don't have the answer to huh. who Spencer is, but I also don't like the plot line where, like, Elsa's just fallen right in love with the next guy yeah. who comes a courting. Yeah, that's uh, that. That feels a little, a little bit cheap. It does feel me. cheap. Although, I was so trying to hold on. This Colton guy, though, he's going to stick around. He, I don't know if you noticed, but his name is in the opening credits. Uh, Noah Legrasse is the actor's name, and he's one of two new reoccurring characters we're, we're going to have. And the other one I'll get to in a little bit. He's he's a guy you actually may recognize if mm -hmm. you uh, are a fan of Mayor of Kingstown. And Yellowstone, but Noel Legrasse plays Colton, so he's going to be around for a bit. So a relationship could form there, I think. But I don't know. I'm struggling. I'm struggling with that. Okay. Well, I won't. I won't grip it too tightly. It's still a glimmer of hope, but I, I get your your thought process there. It does seem a little cheap, um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I like Jason's theory of kind of the family is known to take in strays, so it could have started here. So we'll see. I'll tell you one more point I'd like to make. Another person who doesn't believe in that theory would probably be James Dutton. Because as James Dutton has said before, I believe in you, I believe in that boy, and I believe in our daughter, and that's all. 
justice doesn't factor into it. There we go. There you go, Hayden. There's number one. <laughs> James Dutton for the impression you. bell? Live, live and in person. <laughs> well, it was a really interesting Elsa episode, I thought. Because mm-hmm. as we expected, she started really morose and sad. Mm-hmm. And pretty early on, she has this scene with Shay Brennan. That was another one of these scenes, and I think it kind of takes us back to what we talked about with episode four in the piano scene, where we're really just sort of watching one man's vision mm-hmm. being played out by all these actors. Shay's words for Elsa were really, really stirring yeah. and beautiful. Yeah. Like there was no compromise in that script. And when I said my wife cries, that, that was the point that got her, mm-hmm. is when Shay says he wants to see the ocean because the part of his wife that's still alive in him mm. wants to see the ocean. So he's going to go there and let her finally see the ocean before he dies. Like that was a really, really gripping scene between Shay and Elsa. I'd say honest, I know your favorite scene so far is the piano scene. I'd say this one was mine of just really, really, like you said, well written that even for me watching it, I was like, oh, that is a good nugget to just take, you know, in general outside of (laughs) outside of this 1883 Um and it was sneaky. Like it, he, they, they snuck that in there right at the beginning, but it, it began to turn Elsa a little bit. And by the end of the episode, she has a little bit more skipping her step. She does and she doesn't. I, or at least that I personally felt, she does. I will say they turned her emotions much quicker than I was expecting. I was kind of expecting that we were going to live in this like really, really dark place for a while. So I am glad that obviously they're taking time to rem- or she's taking time to remember Ennis and all the above. We're not getting rid of him or his memory, all the above, but we're not so dragging this that it's like, okay, I'm emotionally done. Um, but I will say, you know, when they go, when they finally approach, they approach a town, which for me, I'm like, yay, a town, new people, not just the dirt road. <laughs> I am, or the rivers or, you know, the bandits. I'm just, I'm ready for something new. And, you know, she has that kind of confront or confrontation with one of the civilians there and, you know, whips out her gun and is going to, she doesn't shoot him, but, you know, does a little, you know, take that where, yeah. you know, she, and this just came from the conversation with Shay Brennan. And then you see this. So I do still, yes. And then at the end of the episode, you see her kind of smiling, like you can kind of see once again, the turning, but I think. We're not completely on the Elsa's back to her normal, youthful self. I still, we're still heavily dealing with some, some gritness. Would you call that a town? Like they, they, Doan's Crossing was the name of it. It was kind Mm -hmm. of more of, I guess to me, it was kind of a, I mean, they call it a trading post. So I guess that's what it was. I I really enjoyed kind of that look at what a trading post actually looked like back in the day. Cause that was like a tent. I don't know. I mean, like. It couldn't have been much bigger than like a, you could fit that whole town inside a football stadium, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Well, my favorite was when they passed by the tent that literally just said restaurant on it. (laughs) I was like, oh, there it is. Okay. (laughs) That's a real spot, by the way, Doan's Crossing. And I did a little research on it. I'm not going to bring it up here, but you can do some research on Doan's Crossing. It is right there on the Red River between uh, Texas and um, Oklahoma. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I'm ready to pivot into the trading post because this is where we see Rita Wilson, who's kind of the manager. I don't know if she's the owner of this kind of catch-all store. And Faith Hill, after, you know, is trying to down her daughter or bring her daughter down off this ledge of do not shoot this man. She goes, Elsa goes back out to deal with the cattle. So Margaret's like, okay, I'm going to go in to town. And you see I this interaction with Rita and Faith and almost kind of like a, you know, a mother-to-mother moment of, I get it, I understand. And the totally. thing that was so, it's small, but a thing that I didn't even think about was when Rita pours her um, a glass and she- Whiskey punch. Yeah, whiskey punch. And- she has this block of ice that she's chiseling at to, you know, put in, put in the mm-hmm. drink. And I didn't even think, you know, out of, out of everything that's happening through this journey, I'm not thinking, oh, do they have ice? But it was this moment when Faith is more just infatuated with the fact that she's holding, you know, this cold glass, puts it up to her face. And it's just the little simplicities yeah. of life. I loved that little moment of like, oh, my gosh, you know, they've been stripped away from all these little novelties like ice. And she's having this yeah. moment of I just, you know, try to not have my daughter shoot someone. And now I ha- kind of have this little moment of, ah, OK, but. This is not even the best part of this scene. And I want you to set this up because I want you to describe Faith Hill in this scene. Well, Rita Wilson has a much larger role on, on this episode than her husband, Tom Hanks, did in episode yes. two or episode three. And by the way, uh, Rita and Tom Hanks are very good friends of Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. So that's probably how this all came through. But I don't think there's any way to describe what happens between Rita Wilson and Faith Hill's character other than to say that Margaret Dutton gets... Nashville bachelorette party drunk. <laughs> yes. Like they are hooting and hollering. She's throwing up. She's falling off a bar yes. stool. Like James Dutton says, like, how long are you going to be? And she holds up this fifth of whiskey and says, <laughs> this long. You know, it's got a little bit left in it. And, you know, and it's still daytime and they're, they're passed out. Just, just totally wasted. <laughs> it, they just, um, you know, they, it, it is, a, it's a total release yes. for Margaret Dutton. And I, yes. I think, James Dutton realizes that it's really a delightful scene. It added some levity after that really heavy episode of episode five. And there was a few points like that. But we even start, we even see to some extent that James Dutton is kind of holding in some tension himself. Uh Like he needs a bro to go get all liquored up with. (laughs) Yeah. Blow off some steam. He needs needs an Irish pub or something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe the next town. (laughs) Uh, going back to James and Margaret, you know, she's trying to blow off steam and you can tell that she just, I mean, or she needs a release. Like you said, this is what this really serves as. And you kind of see once again, you know, this kind of point of tension in their marriage, because as, (laughs) as Tim is literally, you know, hauling Faith's butt back to town or back to camp, she just unleashes of like, you know, our daughter, we're losing our daughter, 
and you know, why did you bring us out here, you know, mad? And you see James kind of release as well and go, you know, I'm also questioning that. I also, you know, do you not see that I also am giving myself yeah. grief? And like you said, this is kind of the first time that we're seeing a little bit of clearly there's some inward conflict going on with James and he's bringing it to the surface. And yeah, he, he needs a release. But what I did like is because that kind of made me worried at first of, oh, no, are we going to see because of the struggles that they're going through, we're going to see tension with their marriage. And I did like how they, that kind of answered a question or that that question was answered at towards the end of the episode where pretty much they forgave each other and, you know, an understanding of we're here. Let's keep moving on. And. Um, As but. drunk bachelorettes do, they say something <laughs> stupid in the moment, but the next day <laughs> they apologize and no one holds them accountable for it. Uh, and that's kind of what happens. But you're right. I mean, James and Margaret are both realizing something that Elsa said early in the series is true. And that's that the land of no consequence is behind us. We are in the land of no mercy now. <laughs> Ding. That's two. Ding. And scene, which actually I'm so glad that you brought that up because I want to just pause real quick, rewind to the very beginning because your Elsa commentary really got uh, spurred my memory here is when she, the opening scene, she goes, one day I'll die and shatter hearts. I, I'm like, this is foreshadowing question mark. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, how did we that, forget this? Yeah, I wanted to touch. I had that written down. So I was like, oh, wait, reverse. One day I'll die and shatter hearts. Death follows us like a stray dog. <laughs> so this issue of of Elsa narrating is a pretty interesting one because if she does die, how is she also narrating the show? And I forgot a number, someone emailed or had a comment about this. But if she's dead, how is she also the narrator? So this is why people don't, yeah, I don't know. This is why people think maybe Elsa doesn't die with the the Indian arrow. It's because how would she be doing this? But then that comment that she makes about shattering hearts leads Mm -hmm. us to believe She she does die somewhere along the way. I'm done trying to make predictions on whether she lives or dies. Like I, I just, I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy that one because there's no, there's no winning. I don't think. So we can fast forward yeah. again back to the trading post. I would like to talk in this trading post. We see that Lamonica, or sorry, Thomas, is out there looking for a cook because we all know these poor immigrants can't. They're they're suffering, and they realize, okay, we've got to put some money into this to. Um, keep these people are alive or we're literally going to end up with no one. This is where I know that you've done a little bit of research and I'm excited for you to fill in listeners. Who does he meet? And um, yeah, what, what kind of goes down there? The cook's name on the show is cookie. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That's how he's listed in the end credits. And it's actor James Jordan. And James Jordan is in like every Taylor Sheridan project you can think of. He's in mayor of Kingston He's in Yellowstone. He was in Wind River. Uh, I knew him best from Yellowstone because he's in several several episodes as livestock agent Steve Hendon. And you you remember Steve Hendon? He's had a couple of important plot points, but mostly he was that one scene where the livestock agent accidentally kills the two dudes. I think this is season three. He kills a couple of thieves in the back of a trailer, and Jamie has to get him out of it. 
as the acting attorney general. That was Hendon. That's James Jordan, the new cook on 1883. You know what? He's kind of like the Where's Waldo of Taylor Sheridan yeah. compilations. You yeah. know, where it's like, find him. If you can find him, perfect. <laughs> you win. And I think he's going to be a big, pretty big part of things going forward. Um, I know he has, I mean, he's in, I mean, he's a, a critical character to like how they he's get keeping these them alive. episodes. Yeah. But yeah, that was that interaction with Thomas. And then Thomas goes back and, and the love between Thomas and Naomi really starts to blossom or take off. And I really have some feelings about this. Really? I'm I'm here for it, mainly because I have a soft spot for Thomas. I really like him. And it makes me, I don't know, I, I needed another little romance budding. And um, this one made me smile again. But tell me, Billy, what is your reservations? Are you buying it? Like the speed and like the nature of which they're falling in love. Is that believable based on what we've seen? Or, I mean, it's kind of complicated. Is it? Is it just fitting in with who... Thomas is. But can you say it's going at the speed of Ennis and Elsa? You know what, though? I felt that I allowed for that because they were both young lovers. Like, they had never okay. been in love before. Okay. Like, Naomi is recently widowed. Her husband died on this journey. Thomas right. is an older man. Presumably, he's either loved and lost or, I mean, certainly been in relationships. That's why I don't expect it in, in the same sort of way. But, but I don't know. They didn't really build us up to this heat. Like, there was never this, like, really obvious flirting. He was just kind of almost like a, a father figure to her in some ways. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it's on with them. <laughs> well, do you feel like maybe she's – are you saying that maybe she's not actually in love and she's kind of pressing this a little bit? I mean, she does. She's the one who kind of leads it of, you know, kind of coaxes him into – Hey, you know what you're doing for me? I actually wrote down where you said letting someone to take care or letting someone take care of you. That's loving you back, and you know, pretty much says no, you love me. Uh, and granted, correct me if I'm wrong, but Naomi was also the one who came up to Shay Brennan and said, "Will you?" It was she the one who came up to him in the beginning and said, "You yes. know, I lost my husband, so marry me." Uh, right. So yeah. I guess I mean. I mean, she's. <laughs> <laughs> marrying anybody she can, she'd marry the oak tree if it smiled at her <laughs> but yeah so the actress is Gradiella Brancusi and actually she's going to be a guest on the Dutton Rules podcast mm -hmm. on Thursday we have an interview with her that we're excited maybe we can get the answers to some of these questions but no I, I think it's a, more of a technical thing where maybe they didn't set up this love enough as we were so invested in Elsa and Ennis right. we didn't really see anything about this so it, it kind of feels thrown on me a little bit in the shadow of Elsa and Ennis. And and then all of a sudden they're... I mean, she she's full speed. All of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden there's really. two moons in the sky. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Was, you're on a roll she, today with these puns. This is good. I'm here she for just, it. She drops that nightgown and like, first of all, is that how women slept back then? They just had nothing on underneath their nightgowns? Like, I would think... from zero to 100 so quickly. I was like, all right, Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, I would say it It probably got a little handsy. And if you'd like me to, I can define handsy. <laughs> Three. Okay, that one was a that little forced, but I had to get that in there. That was Ennis, but that, <laughs> no, no, that was good. Somewhere. I knew who you were talking about. 
But I also go back to these criticisms uh, people have had about this show, about the women and how they behave. And mm-hmm. I haven't been particularly fond of that because I think people are throwing a blanket about how all women are supposed to behave in the late 19th century in America. Mm-hmm. But we do have a lot of women that are really forward. I mean, Elsa, they advanced. They went around the bases really, really quickly. Like, did right. people just not, like, kiss a little first right. and kind of <laughs> nervously get their way there? And, and and Naomi, she just drops that nightgown. and right. You know, and before you know it, they're. It reminds me of my my son. Like the first time he played t-ball, like he <laughs> well, hit the like, ball, like, and he just took off to second base right across the pitcher's mound. Like he didn't even pay attention to first base. Uh-huh. He just took off across the diamond. Like that's. I mean, they're not rounding the bases. Well, what's funny is that yeah, they're going from zero to hundred there, but goodness, they are taking their sweet time on getting this through Texas. So, it doesn't it doesn't keep me up at night. To be honest, it doesn't keep me up at night either, I guess. But I guess I just needed to be warmed up a little bit more on this relationship before it was kind of full throttle. Yeah. Um, they came out a little, <laughs> a little hot. A little strong, I guess. Well, By the way, and- they did travel a, pr- a pretty good distance between episodes five and six. Uh, yes. Fort Griffin in Texas is where we thought they were, and now they're at Doan's Crossing. That's like 130 miles. So they cleared a, a good little stretch of Texas behind them. Well, and once again, they are met with a river which they are having to cross yet again. I think a little bit later this week, I'm going to have my wife cook us up a pot of rabbit and rattlesnake stew. If oh, you want to sure come over for are... that, Addison. Yeah, I'll, I'll you, you know, tempting. You're welcome so to. So tempting. Let me know when that is. I will say, okay, fun fact, I have not had rabbit, but I have had rattlesnake. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. What? Yeah, I know. That's my little claim to fame. What was the environment? Was this homemade rattlesnake? Well, then, How was it served? <laughs> Billy just went out into my backyard, the desert, and took a slingshot. No, I there was this restaurant called Rustler's Roost in Phoenix, Arizona. If anyone's been there, let me know. It's a cool place. And right. they, my brothers, were really big into trying different things. And so, of course, me being the only girl, I was like, absolutely not going to let my brothers just have this moment. I'm going to join in, whether I like it or not. And, you know, when everyone jokes, ah, it just tastes like chicken. I'm like, there's no way this tastes like chicken. I will say it was like a mix of like the outer, like it was fried. And it, it did taste like, it tastes like chicken. You've never eaten rabbit, though? No. That one, I I have no desire to either. Have you? Squirrel? No. Have you? I, I'm I'm curious, Billy. Did Has Billy Dukes I have, had squirrel, rabbit, or no, rattlesnake? No, but I, I I'll defend myself by saying my wife's allergic to any animal with four legs, so I don't <laughs> think we could eat rabbit. That one's for sure rattlesnakes. Um, oh, that just seems like a dangerous gig. The guy who has to kill the rattlesnakes for the snoo- for the stew. <laughs> Poor fella. It is. Wait, who ended up making... Oh, Naomi ended up making it. I was like, wait, who ended up making this? Yeah, Naomi ended up Na- making Naomi. it. Naomi. Because she learned how to use that shotgun and um, apparently just annihilated a rabbit with a shotgun. <laughs> that seems like a, a strong... <laughs> or a snake. I don't know. I mean, maybe she had some bird shot or something, so she didn't end up just, just blowing a softball-sized well, hole through a They may or may not... Thomas may or may not be dying also blood poisoning at some point in this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One final thing I have here, uh, Eric Nelson, who played Ennis, he did his live stream finally. Uh, mm-hmm. He mentioned he was going to do a live stream after the character of Ennis died, and he finally did it. And there's just a couple things to take away from there. 
Uh, one, I kind of have a question for you about. It's one of those sort of moral questions that we've kind of batted back and forth. Like last week, we talked about if you thought Garrett knew Jamie mm-hmm. was going to kill him or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some fun with that. So a couple things that Eric Nelson, he confirms there are 10 episodes to this season. Okay. He also all but says that there's some flashback scenes coming that feature Ennis. I, which I, to that point, I actually did think when Elsa was laying in the grass and she was saying that she can envision Ennis and all the above, I did really think, I was like, oh, we're going to see a flashback of him. We didn't, but that's, right. you know, good confirmation of it's coming. Uh, he also says that Tim McGraw and Faith Hill's daughters spent a lot of time on the set. Hmm. Um, and then he talked about how Ennis made this big sacrifice of himself for Elsa. And I've seen him talk about this before. Maybe it's been written. It's been kind of written in this way. And I might be being a little critical of the show, but that's just not how I saw the scene. Like I did not see Ennis sacrificing himself for Elsa. I saw it as sort of a a bad circumstance where he told Elsa to protect himself and then came charging back into the gunfire. Like I don't know that that bandit was going to ever get to Elsa. She seemed kind of safely tucked away. So I didn't see it the same way Ennis saw that death scene see i actually i saw it as how ennis saw it because and and maybe i'm just seeing it like geography wise different but it didn't seem like she was i thought he literally just there was kind of this um almost ravine if you will and then you just kind of go up a hill and there they are right which seems yeah but i don't think that bandit i don't think that bandit knew she was down there and i don't think he was going for her plus he was being chased by the rest of the the uh, Wranglers and Tim McGraw and everybody. So, like, it, it sacrificed seemed like a kind of a overly important way to state what happened. Certainly noble, but I didn't think, like, he yeah, didn't noble. jump in front of a bullet for Yeah, him. Yeah, that's true. Think. Yeah, no, I noble is a, good, is a good word. Because, yes, at the end of the day, the bandit wasn't, you know, looking down the barrel at Elsa. He was really actually being driven away by James and Shay and Wade and all of them that were coming after him. And he was trying to run away from them. And then obviously Ennis comes the opposite direction at him, which to that point, I mean, I don't know what the other option would have been though. Does he, you know, come up from the hill, see the bandit turn around and run down, which I guess. And then then in that sense, I mean, maybe you know, stand, be by Elsa and protect her. Now that I would say yes. Um, our interview, our interview with Eric Nelson is in the archives of the podcast. If you want, and that was recorded before we knew his character died, uh, mm-hmm. but still pretty insightful in terms of the shooting and the filming and all of that. So check that out if you haven't already. Um, one more thing, Billy, I didn't forget. You have yet to do a Margaret Dutton impersonation. I don't have one. <laughs> You can't. Like, I couldn't Can you think reenact of good... the drunk scene? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fall off my stool. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Huh? Anything ah! for the viewers. <laughs> Ow, I hurt my hip. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, you're aging think... yourself over there. <laughs> I did have a Thomas. Okay. We'll do. Well, you're just being gratuitous over here. Let's let's hear it before we go. Think on it quick. If I'm digging a hole, I'd rather do it before the sun's high. That's not very good. My, le- my least best of the four. I'm going to say that that's also your least best out of the four, but I appreciate the effort. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. 
Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Alrighty, we are ready, or I'm ready, if you're ready, to dive into our fan comments, theories, and emails. The first one yes. is from Tavid2010. Sheridan has so much talent. Question, does he have any cowboy slash rodeo background? This is a great comment from mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts. Someone gave us a nice review and a rating, and uh, the answer to that question is yes. Uh, he grew up in Fort Worth. Yeah. Um, he ended up buying this Four Sixes ranch that they're now filming on. He's leading a group of investors. I don't know. I don't think he was a rodeo champion or even did it professionally necessarily, but he knows of which he writes, I guess is the safest way to say that. Yeah. Um, Really convincing on the horse, especially in some of the season four of Yellowstone scenes where his character, Travis, is um, doing the cutting. Like mm-hmm. He's really convincing cowboy, and that's that's not accidental. So yeah. thank you for the comment, though. Appreciate it. Next one is from Renee. First scene when Elsa gets arrowed, she has Claire's rosary beads in her hair. Watch when Claire gets off the train and she's walking with James. She is clutching the same beads. So my take on that first scene is it's Elsa's wedding day. Also, the woman who gets scalped is the pants lady. Ooh. So this is my homework assignment for you, Addison. Go back and watch that opening scene and and see if you can confirm these things. Uh, Because she really did some great research there. Yeah, great, Renee. Other people have indicated that they thought maybe that was, I mean, she was wearing all white. Maybe it was a wedding dress. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it, it was a real casual wedding dress, but obviously they don't have access to the best fabrics and stuff back then. So it very well could have been. So, of course, the question is begged, who would Elsa be marrying if that was her wedding dress? Colton. We'll see. <laughs> Colton. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but R.I.P. Pants Lady, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that one, yeah. Didn't love that scene. part. Yeah. Finally, this week's crazy Yellowstone theory that could actually, this one could actually be true. Leon writes in about Yellowstone saying, Summer's sentence will be lowered to eight months by the judge. Summer made the comment that John was the last man she was with. Eight months is just enough time for her to get out and have John's baby. John needed more heirs, and my guess is one is in the oven. Oh, a summer pregnant mm. theory. Uh, <laughs> so many pregnant theories. Um, I'm not as much here for this. I'm one. gonna I, vote I, no on that I, one. I, I more so just think she's a catalyst character. I don't see her having this much of a, you know weight and everything but what's your take billy what strikes me about that is they did lower it to eight months which is awfully convenient timing for this to happen because we mentioned last week how we thought um, things were going to return in the spring or summer which would be about the time she gets released so she could get released with a rather large baby bump and have this baby so the timing works but it just seems a little bit shark jumpy to me, to have yeah. John knocking up chicks. Um, 
<laughs> that and we're already going to be dealing with you know Monica being pregnant. I don't. Uh, I don't think we're going to have two pregnancies here. Yeah, I'm not loving a surprise baby, but it isn't a bad theory necessarily. By the way, uh, Naomi is the new hope for the show, right? She's the new warmth, like the Naomi oh. and Thomas love affair yes. on 1883. Like yes. this is the new romance. Yes. This is the new thing that's going to bring us joy, yes. which of course means that before too long, Naomi. <sighs> She's going to be gone. <laughs> you know what? Gone. Probably next episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I hate to say it, but that's that's what Yellowstone teaches us. Yeah, if we've learned anything. As I mentioned, that actress, uh, Gradiella Brancusi, will be part of the Dutton Rules podcast. Another interview with Sterling Whitaker coming on Thursday. Which means the trivia question, going to have to wait till next Monday. Ugh. That's Billy Dukes, journalist, podcast host, and amateur impersonator. Emphasis on the word amateur. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. Once again, the email address to respond to the show is staff at tasteofcountry.com. Questions, comments, or theories, the crazier, the better. Send them our way, and either Billy or myself will respond. I'm Addison Hager with a reminder to tap follow before you leave so you don't miss future episode breakdowns or cast interviews with stars like Sam Elliott, Eric Nelson, and this Thursday, Gratiella Brancusi. Also leave a review and a five-star rating if you're enjoying the show. Dutton Rules is written by myself and Billy Dukes and produced by Billy Dukes with additional research from Sterling Whitaker and the entire Taste of Country team. As always, Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1883 podcast, is another great Townsquare Media podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.